Hey friends, I know how busy this time of the year is. And as much as I love home-cooked meals, sometimes there is just not enough time. But I have good news for you. Factor offers delicious, ready-to-eat meals, which can make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with your pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. There are two-minute meals, so you can fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. They have snacks and smoothies and more. There's a wide variety of options and 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that will help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. So head over to factormeals.com forward slash swanson50 and use code swanson50 to get, you guessed it, 50% off. That's code Swanson50 over at factormeals.com forward slash Swanson50, and you're going to get 50% off. No prep, no mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Yay for that. I'll be linking over in show notes as well, but go check it out and tell me how you enjoy your Factor meals. Christian Parenting. Aloha friends, welcome to the Boy Mom Podcast, powered by Christian Parenting. I am Monica Swanson, mom to four boys, podcast host and author of Boy Mom, What Your Son Needs Most From You. Here on the podcast, it's my goal to bring you practical advice and biblical wisdom for raising boys in this sometimes crazy world. You can always find show notes over at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. I'm so glad you're here. important for us to allow our kids to try and fail and to when they do that not to label them a failure but to say like you took a risk you tried something and that's okay and I think a lot of times with our kids we um you know try to make everything work out and then never to experience failure or never to experience pain and um we're setting them, them up for a life that is just not realistic Hey friends, welcome back to the Boy Mom Podcast. I'm so glad you're here with me. Thank you so much for taking time to hang out with me every week. I love to be here and I am so excited to share this interview with all of you. You are just listening to a short clip from my conversation with Corey Robertson. And this is the first time I have shared something from a past episode. This was the most downloaded interview from 2021 and it's on a topic I love and Corey loves it too. Corey and her husband and her her mom all together wrote a book called Strong and Kind about raising kids of character, and I wanted to bring Corey on to talk about that and to share some highlights from the book, and I just love this conversation. I also just loved getting to know Corey. She's somebody I've looked up to for so long, and many of you know Corey from the Duck Dynasty family. Uh, you might know her daughter, Sadie Robertson, who's doing all sorts of things, and there's just so much to love about this family and about the heart of this family, and really character is a big part of who they are 
are and the way they've raised their kids. And I especially thought this was great timing because if you catch this as it's coming out, that means this weekend is the perfectly imperfect Christian parenting event. This is an online parenting event that you can get tickets to. And when you do, you're going to hear so many great speakers talking about all different parenting topics. And even though it begins this weekend, you will have till the end of 2022 to catch all the speakers. However, ticket sales will only be available until this weekend, so you don't want to miss your chance to be a part of the Perfectly Imperfect Christian Parenting event where we're talking about parenting on purpose. And you can get your tickets over at boymom.perfectlyimperfect.org. Again, boymom.perfectlyimperfect.org. If you go over there, you can see all the different topics. There's a big variety of topics being covered. Bob Goff is the keynote speaker, a lot of big names in there, and I will be in there talking about three ways to raise kids of character. So again, this is a topic I love. Many of you know that I have created the online character training course, which I'm spending this spring doing some updates on. I'm cleaning it up, adding to it. And this summer, hopefully in June, I will be opening the doors for about a week to the character training course. So if you haven't left your name on the interest list for that course yet, definitely get over to monicaswanson.com forward slash character dash course. Leave your name and email address and that way you'll be notified when I'm getting ready to open the doors to the character training course. So character, character. I know it is one of those words we hear a lot, but what exactly does it mean? Well, it's a big topic and it's got a lot of pieces to it, but really it's a heart issue. And it's about raising kids who, well, as one of my favorite quotes says, will do the right thing when no one's looking. So we might think of words like integrity, honesty, thoughtfulness, kindness, courage. These are all aspects of being a person of character. And in my mind, there is nothing more important than raising a child who has faith and godly character. And so I'm going to let you listen in as Corey Robertson and I talk about what it means to raise kids who are strong and kind, raising kids of character. I hope you enjoy it, and I'll have a few final words to say at the end. Hey, Corey, welcome to the Boy Mom Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I've been looking forward to this. Yeah, this is kind of a dream come true for me, so I'm trying not to fangirl too much here, but it is so much fun. And I think that most of my listeners know who you are, but do you mind just maybe giving us an update? What's going on in life? What, what's going on with your family? Yes. So um, since our show, Duck Dynasty, if you know who I am, that's probably how you know who I am. <laughs> since that ended about five years ago, we have added, our family has grown a lot. We've added yeah. um, a daughter-in-law and a, son, a couple of son-in-laws and um, a couple of grandbabies, which is amazing. We have two mm. I have two grandsons and I have two granddaughters on the way. So that's wow. a lot of fun. And we are now, Willie and I just became officially empty nesters. We had three kids graduate during the time of COVID in 2020 last year. So yeah, we're entering a new season all around. Mm, so much fun. And I was telling you before we hopped on that, though I'm probably older than you, you're just that one step ahead of me with your kids, probably because you started younger. And I just love watching you in this season. Tell me what that's like. Like, is there literally no one else living in the home or are there, you still have some kids staying with you? So actually no one is living in our home right now. All what? of our, yes, in college, <laughs> but everyone's close, which is so nice and amazing. I was always that yeah. one that I tried to not be like, 
put any pressure on our kids to, you know, live by us, although secretly mm-hmm. I really had hope for that, you know? Totally. So like, oh, if God calls them to Africa, I'm going to be okay with that. But um, thankfully, um, they all kind of, you know, all of our older three kind of went away to college or to do kind of chase their own adventures and have moved back over the last couple of years, which is just awesome. And then our younger three are just kind of entering that college phase. And um, so hopefully, yeah, they'll all be right close to us. We absolutely love that. That's, that's yeah. pretty much the best. Yeah. And, and are they in college nearby as well? So we have one that's at Liberty University. So he's in Lindbergh, mm-hmm. which is 15 yep. hours away. So that's kind of a long one. And mm-hmm. then our other two, one is doing online school. So she is close. She lives at um, close by. And then Rowdy is at a community college and he's close by as well. Yeah. So everyone oh, is, wow. yeah. Everyone. Yeah, probably lots of people coming in when they get hungry or exactly <laughs> right. someone yes. to talk to. We haven't really experienced that empty nest that like people like it's actually empty. It's not mm-hmm. really very empty. So, and we love it. Mm. That way. Yeah. We're very thankful for that. We love it that way. Oh, I, I can imagine. I'm kind of excited for that. And we have the big gap between number three and number four. So I feel like it's going to be a while before I really have the empty nest, but I'm kind of <laughs> glad to. And I also have to tell you that because I have only boys and I'm sure I'm not the only all boy mom that would say this, but you know, I, I know all of your kids are amazing, but Sadie is who I've watched and followed grow up most. And I always like to tell myself that if I had a girl, that's what she'd be like. So Sadie's kind of my imaginary daughter. (laughs) That's so sweet. I love that. (laughs) Yeah. She's so much fun watching go through this pregnancy and just can't wait to see her little girl. So it's going to be great. fun. We can't wait. Yes. And so I've been a a boy mom to a boy grandmom to our two Mm. grandsons and it's been so much fun and I can't imagine. I can't believe I'm about to have granddaughters too. So that's pretty fun. And I want to tell yes. you that I, I did read your book and I was just so mm-hmm. encouraged. There was just, I, I'm definitely buying it for all of my kids. And mm-hmm. I just love, there was so much wisdom in there, so much biblical truth. And um, mm-hmm. I saw a lot of similarities in what I wrote in mm-hmm. Strong Kind and what you wrote. So I was like, oh, that's awesome. Yay. Maybe there's yes. greater wisdom <laughs> that, um, that is the above and beyond what we know, but um, that God has yes. given us in raising our, our babies. hundred percent. Thank you. That means so much to me. And I felt the same way reading your book. I was like, oh, I was so encouraged and affirmed at feeling like I, you and I could probably talk parenting all day. But the other <laughs> thing I loved is hearing about you and Willie and you guys, everyone loves you guys. You're just so authentic and so likable. But I was laughing because I learned a few things about Willie that I just didn't know about like well, I guess I knew about his competitive spirit, (laughs) but I was cracking up at the story about what was it? It was back in your early years where he was bowling and he started thinking he wanted to be a professional bowler, right? Yes. (laughs) And and then scrabble after bowling, like seriously. And I just crack up because my husband is kind of an all or nothing guy. Like when we first met, he was a windsurfer and his mom used to pray for him because she thought something was wrong because he was so, like he couldn't just windsurf. He would be all Mm -hmm. in. Like it seemed a little addictive at the time. And Mm -hmm. then he played a little professional soccer and it was all soccer. And so when my boys, you know, are surfers and it's really hard for Dave to not be all in, it's like, if they're going to surf, they're going to like go all the way. And so it's kind of a constant conversation, but I was like, I think Willie's a lot like my husband. That's so funny. Yes. Willie, whatever he's doing, he thinks he's going to be like a professional at it. Uh Like, yeah. 
start studying it and doing it all the time. Oh, yeah. yeah. I used to say like, if I didn't like what he was doing, just wait. Cause it'll change because like, <laughs> he does, he gets on it and then he's like off it and he's on to something uh, else, but it, it makes life never boring. Like people ask exactly. me, married to Willie, I say it's never boring. That's for sure. Never. Oh, <laughs> I, 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 I love that. And again, just hopping over to my husband, but recently because my son's surfing and, you know, a big part of surfing, especially during the pandemic is you need a lot of video clips mm -hmm. and you can't always hire a professional videographer. So my husband over the past probably three years has done exactly that. He has studied, like, I can't count how many hours he has sat and studied camera equipment, video equipment, video editing. And so now he got himself the whole setup and he gets off of work and he spends countless hours filming Luke to the point that there's people who are like, who's your professional filmer? Like you have the best video. Like I think my husband's video is going to be a huge key to my son's professional surf career because it. he is all in. So, yep, that's, that is so much fun. Okay. So what was, it was bowling, then Scrabble, then golf. He's still into golf, yeah, right? No, no. Or no, golf no more. Now. Yeah. <laughs> tennis? Tennis. Yes. We've been playing a lot of tennis. That's been nice through COVID and something you can do outside. And, um, we have played a lot of tennis lately and, uh, um, yeah, he, um, he was like right after the show ended, he started playing golf like obsessively. And I was like, mm -hmm. are you going to like go into like this little professional celebrity golf circuit? What's right. happening here? You know? Mm -hmm. And um, so he did that for a little while and then he just like, yeah, got off it and it's on to something else. But um, I love it. It's a lot. It's so much fun. But Scrabble, the thing with Scrabble, though, it got really annoying because he literally did study the dictionary. <laughs> he knows all these obscure words. So you can't challenge him because it uh, might be a word. Or it might not be. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, that is super fun. Okay, well, I want to switch gears now. And I want to talk a little bit about your book, Strong and Kind, Raising Kids of Character. You wrote this with both your husband and your mom, right? Mm -hmm. I did, which was a lot of fun. Oh, I bet. And it just, you know, I see so much wisdom throughout all the generations of your family, which is one thing I just love. And it inspires me so much to want to pass down the same thing to my kids. But there's so much to love about this book. We're going to be linking to it in show notes. But it really encouraged me. One thing I loved is how you went through uh, character by character. And you and Willie each had so much to say. And every chapter had fun stories, but so much wisdom, because I think we can pass over certain character qualities and be like, yeah, yeah, be kind, you know, yeah, be humble. But really, when you dig in, there is so much to it. So that's one thing I love. Um, the other thing is, maybe we can just start with the whole idea, because this is something in Boy Mom and that I love to talk about. And that is, before we even think about raising kids of character, really taking a look at our own lives and asking, are we walking our talk? Are we? How is our character? And what that means to really work on yourself. So maybe you can speak into that a little bit. Yeah, I think that's kind of the hardest part of parenting, because like mm -hmm. once you start realizing, you're like, okay, this is you know, the character traits that I want to instill in my children. And that's what I talk about a lot at the, the book. It's like, I think sometimes we worry about all these little things in parenting that don't mm -hmm. really matter, like mm -hmm. whether or not they take a pacifier or, or what, they, you <laughs> yeah. know, what, whether or not they start school at like five or six or, you know, all these things that, you know, at the time can seem so big. Well, really the things that we really want to instill in our kids is we want them to be people of character. We want them to be the adults that are, you know, strong and kind that are contributing to the world and that are 
um, have a healthy, whole, really rooted relationship with Jesus Christ. And um, it's those things that that really matter when a lot of times we get worried about the small things. But then once you start realizing, okay, this is, you know, the, the character traits I want to instill in my children, then you have to look inward and be like, oh, am I actually living those things? And I think a lot of times we're, you know, we do things like we're telling our kids like dream big. And in the meantime, we're like so scared every time they walk out the door that we're like, well, be careful. Don't do this. Uh, don't do that. Don't do that. And so sure. rather than, you know, modeling this, the spirit that does, that's without fear that God tells mm-hmm. us to have to be fearless and not have a spirit of fear, but have a spirit mm-hmm. of power rather than modeling that we're modeling this timid spirit, a spirit mm-hmm. that, you know, is full of fear. And so I think that's kind of where it comes down to us parents or, or, you know, also another one of my traits that is one of the ones that I um, kind of uh, kind of latched onto as one of instill in our children was kindness. And then I start noticing, okay, how am I treating the person at the grocery store? How am I treating people? You know, how, what am I saying about somebody whenever they're within listening ear? How am I talking about others? Am I on the freeway? Kind? Yeah, <laughs> driving a car. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Am I being kind? And so, um, yeah, the things that we do. I, I think have a lot more um, impact on our kids than even the things mm-hmm. that we say. Oh, definitely, hundred percent. And I'm I'm busted every day when mm-hmm. I think about this one. In fact, in my little Levi's devotions just this morning, we came across First Corinthians eleven one, where Paul says, "And you should imitate me as I imitate Christ." Mm-hmm. And that's one of those things where I ask myself, "Can I say that? Can I tell my kids, hey, just do what I do, follow yeah. me, live like me, and you're going to do fine." Or are there some things I need to work on first? So yeah, that is that's so, so good. good. And then I think there's a big part of it. I talk about this in the book too, of just being real and like, yeah, we're not going to be perfect. We're not going to always like, you know, be the perfect example to our children. But in those moments, just being real and saying, okay, you know, I, I messed up. Like I, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done that. And I want you to know that like I'm working on myself too. And I'm trying to trying to do better and be better. And um, I think those moments are real teaching and learning experiences as well. Definitely. In fact, one of my notes I took from your book was a quote that says, sometimes being real can be messy. Mm-hmm. And I just love that you point that out. And we need to accept that, that it, it doesn't mean a clean, easy life, but it means an authentic life. So mm-hmm. oh, I love that. I think that's so much more of a gift that we can give our kids is that, mm. that authentic real life, because whenever... Mm. You know, even in a family where if if it looked appears as if you and your husband never argue, there's no strife, there's nothing, then they get married and they're like, wait, is this is this how it's supposed to be? You know, our kids need to see us as unified and a, and respectful and all that, but they also need to see that it's not perfect. You know, that we disagree and um, there's times when we don't say the right thing and we have to apologize mm-hmm. and we have to forgive. And um, I think I think our kids need to see that as well. Oh, I actually loved that. I highlighted and underlined that because I know that people have different opinions on whether or not kids should see us argue. And mm-hmm. and like you said, they need kids need to see mom and dad unified and all of that. But I was encouraged to hear that <laughs> you and <laughs> Willie have let the kids see you argue because yeah, maybe just a couple of days ago I had to um, come to my kids and my husband and just apologize to everybody because um, you know I hadn't handled something very well. But I thought. 
Okay, Lord, I just pray that what they see in the humility there, and yeah, they saw me kind of blow up at everybody, but um, hopefully there's some things that they can gain from that too. So my husband and I have tried to find that that healthy middle road there. That's it. That's so good. Oh, okay. Well then, um, and also this kind of just goes with being authentic and how we raise our kids, but I love your heart for raising courageous and fearless kids and how, yes, you have walked that out. You have lived that. I listened to you recently and I'll link to it, but, um, on Bob Goff's podcast, podcast, mm-hmm. talking about being fearless and some of the adventures you've done even with Bob Goff. Yes. But, um, I love how this has played out in raising your kids. Can you tell us a couple stories, John, Luke, Sadie, some of the yeah. things your kids have done? Yeah, I think that, you know, I think I, I really realized it, honestly, when we started to do our show, Duck Dynasty, and so many like well-meaning Christians would come up and like, oh, are you sure you want to do this? Because like, mm. you know, that's scary. Like you're going to enter yeah. the world and like, you know, you're going to end up with a, getting divorced and your kids are going to end up on mm-hmm. drugs because you have this reality totally. show, you know? And I was yeah. like, are we as Christians living in the spirit of fear? You know, like we we stay in our box and we try to do things that are safe. And um, whenever we actually have the spirit of power within us. And so I think I, I kind of realized that even more and that, um, you know, that's unfortunately a part of the Christian community of the spirit of fear Mm -hmm, that we're mm -hmm. called against. And so, but in raising our kids, I remember, um, there was one moment when John Luke, um, went away on a trip and it was a, it was a school trip and it was to Italy. It was this awesome experience, you know, it was the art club and you got to go to Italy. And I remember, um, noticing that all the parents were going with them and I didn't even think about going with them because I was like, (laughs) This is a student trip, you know, you totally it off. And that's like yes. how they're learning and growing. That's the point, yep. you know. So of course I didn't sign up to go with them. And then I started thinking, oh, am I like a bad mom because I'm not going? Should I go or whatever? But I didn't go. And John Luke came back and I remember him just saying, Thank you, mom. And I was like, for what? And he was like, I feel like, you know, all the these other moms were so overbearing and like made sure they woke up in the morning and made mm-hmm. and these, uh-huh. these are, you know, almost grown kids, you know, these are, yeah. these are, they're about to be men, you know? And mm-hmm. you know, I think that it was a time when I really realized, you know, like particularly boys, like they need that to, to know that you as their mom, trust them and know that they can take care of it and they can, they can do it. You know, they have it within them. They have the, you know, to, to do it. And I think that sometimes as parents, it's well-meaning, you know, we're not, mm-hmm. it's because we love them. We want to help mm-hmm. them all along the way, but in doing that, we're not allowing them to, to fail or to mess up, or maybe they do yep. sleep and they miss the bus and they're stuck in, in <laughs> yep. the, you know, or whatever. But, you know, you have to allow them to have those, those failures so that they will grow. And I remember um, another time there was this, this was another story with John Luke. There was this um, school that was, it was just this crazy story. It was in the newspapers. Like if you take over the school, you can, um, you know, and you remodel it, then you can have it or whatever. And John Luke was like, I'm going to do it. And it was this big dream. And he's like 18 years old, you know, yeah. And he's going to like remodel this schoolhouse. And I remember talking to William, I was like, I don't think that he can do this, but I think let's just let him go down the road and, and try. <laughs> sure. you know? And he did. It. And it kind Aww. of all messed up and it ended up, you know, not a great thing, but a, amazing learning lesson for him, you know, learning. He, tried totally. and he went out there and did it. And, you know, and we, we talk a lot about, I love, there's a quote that says, um, if you try something and fail, you're not a failure, you're a risk taker. 
And I have that quote, you know, up in our house because I just think it's so important for us to allow our kids to try and fail. And to when they do that, not to label them a failure, but to say, like, you took a risk, you tried something. And that's okay. And I think a lot of times with our kids, we, um, you know, try to make everything work out and then never to experience mm-hmm. failure or never to experience pain. And um, yep. we're setting them, them up for a life that is just not realistic. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more because sooner or later they're going to face the big world and mm-hmm. it's they're not going to be bubble bubble wrapped anymore. But what I love is John Luke has gone on now. I just recently saw his announcement. He's buying a coffee shop or bought a coffee shop. Is that right? Yes. I'm so uh, proud of him since he's finished college. Uh, he's come back here and um, is actually working at a camp that's a nonprofit that has been a part of our family for a long time and is just an amazing leader in that. And then just all of a sudden bought a coffee shop and was like, you know, we're, uh, I bought a coffee shop, mom. And we're like, that's amazing, you know, and he's become such a great leader and is just doing it so well in the right way. But I, I, I'm sure that, you know, those learning experiences along the way taught him so much to make him the man yep. that he is today, you know. And Sadie, Definitely. since you mentioned Sadie and, you know, we, yeah. we you know her and see her because she speaks so much and she is you know, um, has really answered the, the call and that God asked for her life and preaching and speaking and blogging and writing and all these things. But she was my most shy child. She was, she didn't mm. talk until about fifth grade at school because she just was scared of getting in what? trouble. No. And um, I will never forget. I actually think I have a photo of this, of her first year that she went to summer camp. And it was like, she was little, she was, it was, you know, day camp. And she's like, Years old, but this is the camp that like our family is on. So we're all, she, she knows us. It's not like we sent her off, you yes. know, she's right there. Yes. And um, the final closing program, she did not want to get up there and sing. And um, she just mm. did not want to get up there. And I just made her, I was like, Sadie, you're going to be fine. You can do this. And she mm-hmm. stood on that front row with just like tears in her eyes. Oh. The whole, the whole okay, if you have that picture, you got to send it to us. I've got to find that picture. <laughs> the whole performance, she's like tears running down, but she made it through and she did it. And she was proud oh. of herself at the end that she did, you know. And so, and then um, a few years later, she got invited to go to Austria. She was 13 years old and got invited to go to Austria for um, for basketball. She was a good little basketball player. And, but she was going to be going by herself. And I was so proud of her because that was very much out of her comfort zone. And um, now I look back, I'm like, I sent my 13 year old to Austria by herself. But, you know, I (laughs) I wanted that for her because I wanted her to know that she Mm -hmm. could do it, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, definitely got on that plane. And it's, she tells, as she tells that story now, it's a very pivotal moment for her and her faith because she, before then, she had been around really kind of all Christian people, you know, people who thought the same as she did, believe the same as she did. And then she goes off and is in this dorm with girls from all over the world who didn't have the same belief mm. that she did. And it, yep. her faith became her own in that moment mm. in a way that it hadn't before wow. then had, had not, I not, you know, allowed her to do that or, you know, kind of encouraged her in that way to say, go do something and, and do that on your own. Even at such a young age, you know, I don't know, you know, how God would have worked in her life in a different way, but um, I, I definitely oh, I love was a pivotal moment for her in her faith. Oh, I love that.
Hey guys, hope you're enjoying this conversation. And I want to pause to talk to you a little bit about this episode's sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Crossway and Kevin DeYoung's new book, The Biggest Story Bible Storybook. And guys, the fact is the Bible is a big book about a great God. From the beginning to the end, each page tells us about the God who created the world, acted in history, and continues to act in the present. Beginning in Genesis and ending with Revelation, DeYoung retells the unified story of Scripture through 104 easy-to-read Bible stories. Each reading is coupled with beautiful illustrations by award-winning artist Don Clark and concludes with a reflective prayer. These are perfect for bedtime stories or for your family to read together because both children and parents alike will experience a fresh and captivating story of the Bible in an easy-to-understand, compelling way. Friends, so many people reach out to me to ask for great resources, especially for doing family devotions, spending time teaching kids about Jesus. Well, the biggest story, Bible storybook, is such a good way to do that. So you can pick up a copy wherever books are sold or visit crossway.org forward slash plus to find out how you can get 30% off. Again, go over to crossway.org forward slash plus. Find out how you can get 30% off the biggest story Bible storybook. Now we'll get back to our conversation. I, I do hear from a lot of parents who really struggle with that letting go. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they ask me, oh, how do you let your son go out on big waves? Or, you know, aren't you afraid <laughs> of sharks? Or, And I totally agree with you that as hard as it is, because I don't think it's easy on you or me, mm-hmm. but really trusting God with our kids. And, and, you know, I always say that there are certain things I protect my kids from. You know, I get internet filters and I'm not going to let them do sleepovers at someone's home. I don't know. But there's other things that I feel like the best thing we can do as parents is give them a little nudge, push them out and tell them to do something hard. And uh, yeah, each of my boys have taken a pretty big overseas trip around 13. I think they would all say that those were life-changing experiences too. So I love that. And sometimes we have to get creative as parents to do that. We've got kids who would rather, you know, sit and read a book, nothing wrong with that, but Mm -hmm. sometimes they need that little nudge to do hard things. So yeah. Oh, I love that so much. And then another thing that I highlighted in your book that I love is just how you really encourage people to see your kids as the adults they're becoming, because that's something that I am all about. And I think it's just hard to do sometimes when they're little. And it's so easy to be in the moment and just, you know, putting out all the fires of the day and and dealing with just what's going on in that moment and forgetting that in the blink of an eye, these kids will be grown up. And so how can we parent today for the adults that they will be one day? And it's really a game changer for me. It really gives my parenting more meaning and more purpose. It actually makes it more fun, I think. Mm -hmm. But talk to us a little bit about what that looked like when your kids were younger to have a vision for the adults they were becoming, maybe some practical examples. Yeah. Well, at at this point in my stage in my life, I can tell you it happens in the blink of an eye. Yep, <laughs> it's so fast. Yep. Like all our kids are grown and we're like, wait, we did it. That was it. Yep. It, it does. And, and when you're in mm-hmm. it, I know it can feel like forever. I remember just like counting down the hours till nap time, you know, like our minutes. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. Oh, yes. And I make it till two o'clock when it, they're going to lay down for a nap, you know, yep. but it does go so fast. And I do, I think you're right. I think it, it get, gives it greater meaning and you, and you, doesn't make the task seem so mundane and mm-hmm. each day whenever you realize okay we're you're raising little adults you're raising contributors to society you're raising a future husband a future wife a future mom or dad and um and you realize you know the importance of your task and also i think um once when you take the time to be 
really thoughtful, intentional about that and about not like I want my, my, my kid to be a baseball player or to be a, you know, a doctor or a lawyer or a, a musician or whatever, but I want my kid to be humble and kind mm-hmm. and patient and those kind of traits. I think it, it just gives a different meaning totally. to it. So one of the things, um, that I did with our kids was I, I just kind of tried to identify like, okay, maybe this week, like we're going to work on sharing. And it's like, this is going to be our whole thing this week, you know, and we're yes. gonna really focus on it. We're going to talk about it. We're going to, we're going to, you know, do activities that relate to it. And I think you can do that in a way that is just, that's fun and that's mm-hmm. naturally integrated into your life. Um, I love the part I read about, you know, having talk time in the car and, you know, our car time, we would do little games where I would ask them, okay, um, if, would you do, you know, like, okay, here's a situation. Like, mm. um, your friend has a toy that you really love, you know, yeah. would yeah. you, A, yeah. grab it from them? Would you, B, <laughs> ask nicely, could you have a turn to play? You know, we do like yes. multiple choice games or sure. that in the car that would just make it fun for them and they would get a little reward. They'd be like, you know. He's like, yes, you're right. You're so good uh-huh. at that, you know, when yep. you answered correctly. So I, I think it. it's, a, you know, about just kind of integrating it. Um, I was talking to somebody the other day and they asked me kind of about like our devotional time and that kind of thing. And I have to admit, I was not the best mom at that. I, I'm, I don't know if you know a lot about the Enneagram, but I'm a seven. So I'm kind of like all over. Uh, okay. I'm like, yep. hey, let's do this now. And then let's do this now. So I was, fun, fun. Right. I wasn't <laughs> yeah. super great with like that consistent time that, um, yep. you know, I, I, I wish I had been better at, but, um, but one thing that I did try to do was just integrate it into all of our conversation, into everything, you know, into, yes. um, into it's Deuteronomy chapter six, chapter 11. Yeah. It's yeah. Throughout the day. Right. Totally. Right. Mm, Try to write it on our kids' hearts. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I love the car time. And I think that's a good reminder. It's so easy for us as parents to just let our kids get on a device every time they're in the car. Mm-hmm. But that's such valuable time that if you take advantage, yeah. you can really use that time. And and I, we, you know, we had kids that before the car, before there were the car, like the little, you know, monitors, little TVs in the back of the car or whatever. I remember when we did get a minivan that had the TV in it. And of being like, okay, how, what are we going to do with this? Like, how are we going to use it? And our role was like, we, we used it in it when we went on road trips. Like if you went on a mm-hmm. long trip, we got to mm-hmm. watch a movie in the car, but we didn't watch a movie in the car because we were driving to the grocery store or right. go to, you know, pl- a play date or whatever. It wasn't meant for that. It was only for long drives and that would make it special. But you know, and every time in the car, yeah, you, you want to have the time to talk and look out the window and, and be bored a little bit and, and stretch those muscles. Oh, I, I really love that. I love just the whole thing. And I think you say at near the end of your book, it's about being intentional about being intentional. And <laughs> I just couldn't agree more because really you can, you know, you can have great intentions. There's like country songs about that, right? Yeah. Where good intentions lead, but really being intentional about, okay. I mean, it's just that little nudge you give yourself. We've got 10 <laughs> minutes in the car. I could actually turn those 10 minutes into valuable time, yeah. or I could just listen to my podcast, listen into music space out and the kids could stare at a screen so how can we use this well I couldn't and love that anymore okay also yeah. remember it, it made things actually easier whenever we got to where we were going if I did that you know I remember sometimes when 
you know, you would just not be thinking about it or whatever. And you'd get into a store and you hadn't kind of prepped your kids. And all of a sudden they're like, can I have that? Can I have that? Can I have that? Yes. They're throwing a temper tantrum on the floor, you know, but yeah. then on the rides where I would say, like, okay, we're going to go into, you know, Target and we're going to buy a gift for someone else. And you're not going to get a gift, you <laughs> know, for you and you're not going to throw fit about it, you know, just preparing yes. and using that time oh. conversation. It made that, you know, that trip to the store way better. And when you know, I was intentional about being intentional rather than just kind of, you know, taking the day as it came. And then all of a sudden you've got a toddler throwing a temper tantrum on the floor. Not that that never happened. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> exactly. Not <laughs> foolproof, but yes, definitely helps. Oh, that is so much fun. I love it. Okay. Well, I've got a couple questions from people who uh, left messages on Instagram. I let my, um, my community know that I was going to be interviewing you. So if you don't mind some kind of random questions, can I give you two or three of these? I'd love it. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. So we will start with Jessica asking how you handled or talked to your kids about dating and fostering healthy relationships as teens and young adults. Uh, she observed that your kids, some of your kids have gotten engaged or married relatively young. So it, do you have any tips on navigating that in the teenage years? Um, sure. Um, I'll do my best at that. So one, I think that goes back to that being real and honest and you know, we really just tried to be honest about our mistakes and the things, the ways that we didn't do it right. And maybe ways that we wish we'd have done something different and, and also just be, um, you know, give a lot of grace because they're not going to do it perfectly. And you, when you remember how you were at that age that you didn't necessarily either, you know, mm -hmm. so, um, I think that's a big part of it, but then also just, um, keeping that door open for conversation. I think, um, a lot of times our kids will shut down because we have too strong of an opinion that we mm -hmm. offer way too quickly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. And maybe we just need to listen a little bit and really try to hear what they're having to say and help them and then get them to a place where they're, they're able to listen and hear what we have to say as well. Um, if you've raised your kids, there's that healthy respect when they're that they learn when they're little, when they're teenagers, there's, there's that healthy respect there still, even though you know sometimes it might not feel like it, or you might feel like uh, you know they're they're pulling away because that's part of their natural like growth. But they have that healthy respect for you that you built in, and they're gonna they're really listening even when they don't always they might not always feel like they are. And um, so I think that's a big part of it is just lots of conversation. Yes, you know, we just I... talked a lot. Mm -hmm. and try to be as real and open and honest as we possibly could be. Mm, so good. So good. And it applies to so many things. In fact, this probably applies to the next question I'm going to throw out. This is from M up in Canada. And she asks how you have raised such humble and kind kids, even in the midst of fame and wealth, the things that were happening while your kids were growing up had to be, I mean, it had to be rocking your world in so many ways. What would you say helped keep your kids humble and kind in the midst of all that? Oh, well, first of all, thank you so much for saying that. I, um, I think a big part of it is just understanding from a very early age that there is something bigger than us. Like we are not God. Um, God is God and he is, um, who he is. And we are, um, you know, in obedience and in trust with him. And, um, and this world is much bigger than our little problems or our little things. You know, I think sometimes 
kids, particularly when they get to the teenage years, it can feel like everything, like live or die is around the cafeteria table at school, like who sits by who or who, you know, and when I, I think whenever you connect your kids at a really early age to something bigger, and for us, that is God, and there's nothing bigger than that. When you connect your kids to that, then they understand their place in the world, and they understand that, like, you know, I'm a, I, you know, I'm his child, and I'm his mm-hmm. image bearer, and the way yep. that I live reflects who he is. It's yes. not all about me. Mm. Um, I think that's a big thing. And there's, um, there's a moment I remember that my mom um, put me in a place and, and made me understand this, and I tried to instill this in our kids. I remember... I um I had just was just hitting my like middle school teenage years and just kind of starting to wear makeup and that kind of thing and we were on a road trip and I'd gotten up and not gotten ready that morning and I had you know just gotten in the car or whatever and we stopped at a gas station and I didn't want to go in because I wasn't like made up like I didn't have my oh <laughs> yeah and mom was like mom my mom said you are spending way too t- much time thinking about yourself and I was yep. like wait what you know. <laughs> And it was this like moment of, and she, she, you know, talked to me. She was like, whenever you spend that much time thinking about yourself, like you got to understand no one else is thinking about you. Honest, you know, honestly right. about it and try to be honest with our kids. I think so, so many times we try to like have our, make our kids have this healthy self-esteem and that's really not a biblical model. Mm-hmm. It's really yep. having, right. having esteem for God and um, humility within within ourselves. And so I try to people that are in our children and I'm very grateful. I know that God, God's hand is at work in our kids and, you know, it's definitely not what we do perfectly in any yeah. way. Um, a right. lot of prayer and petition that God right. have his hand on them. Yes. And I'm, I'm going to just add to that. I do believe a lot of that has to do with modeling as well. And I think that they've grown up watching how mom and dad have handled things. So I believe I'm going to say, I think that's a huge part of the formula is just they're following what they see at home. So good job to the two of you. Thank you so much. (laughs) But, but it is so true. And kids go through that especially, I don't know, middle school, high school, it's just that, that's, you know, they're so self-conscious and I love that your mom reminded you. And I'm really hoping to get your mom on the podcast because I just already adore her. But um, just that, that reminder, because don't we all feel that way? Like we think everybody's thinking about us when really nobody's really thinking about us. Yeah. Yeah, People aren't waking up thinking about us. Everyone's thinking about themselves. So it saves us a lot of energy if we just realize that and maybe go out into the world a little less worried about ourselves. Oh, okay. I'll ask one more. This is from uh, Rachel. I like this question, actually. She asks, if you have tips for parents, um, for parenting children who are people pleasers, and I think this is especially probably applicable to those kids who have so many um, opportunities like your kids have. My boys in college, I know my oldest son is a real people pleaser. He's a peacemaker, a nine on the Enneagram, and he, um, and so I'm curious how you have helped them to be just honest with themselves and you and not doing just, you know, what they think will please people in their lives. That's a great question. So Sadie, I would say, is my one that um, maybe struggles with that the most and that she's a six. And so she's a loyalist. So she's mm-hmm. so loyal and um, just does not want to give up on a relationship in any way, wants to make sure that all of her relationships are very secure, and which is such an amazing trait to have, but can also be a hard trait to have. So, um, 
And she, like I said, she didn't speak till she was about fifth grade at school because she didn't want to get in trouble, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we had to let her know that it's okay. You know, you're going to get in trouble. You're going to mess up. There's going to be things that you're going to do and that's okay. And you'll get past that. And, um, I do remember a time whenever she had a, um, a bully in her life, another girl that just was just really, really tough on her. And she would, she would come to school and she'd want to tell her everything that everyone else was saying about her. You know, like she would go to school and she would say, she would say, Oh, do you know what so-and-so said about you? You know, to Sadie. And she would just fill her mind with things that, you know, other people, negative things other people said about her. And I remember one day saying like, you know, that you don't have to listen. And mm-hmm. she was like, wait, what? You know, it's kind of like, I said, yeah. you, you can just say no, just, just, mm. they don't tell me, walk away. And yeah. I remember it giving her a real peace. And she did that. The girl came up to her and said, you know, tried to tell her something. She said, don't tell me. And she was like, no, I think you need to know this. And said, he was like, no, I don't. I really don't mm. need to know. You don't have to tell me that. Wow. And I think wow. there is a power in telling our kids, you know, that you can say no and you can just walk away and you can do it kindly and politely. You don't have to be mean about it, but um, you have permission to, to say no. And, um, you know, even when we were filming our show, all of a sudden our kids were, you know, fairly young. Um, I think Bella was maybe 10, Sadie was, well, nine and 14. Sadie was probably 14, mm-hmm. 15. All of a sudden this whole film, film crew came into our life and there's adults mm. that are, you know, telling us what to do and to some, <laughs> yeah. to some extent and in some way. And, you know, I remember having that conversation with them and saying like, you know, if anyone ever tells you something to do that is against your morals, your values or who you are, you really just don't think it's, it's, you know, right. You can one come to me and ask me, but a two, you can just say, no, just say, no, I'm not going to do that. You know, and you have, full permission to do that because you know who you are and you know what your values are. And I remember, you know, it was a different situation because I hadn't really had to have that conversation with them about sure. adults in their life. Yes. And then all of a sudden oh, yeah. having to have that conversation, I think it gave them a real, real power. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, you know who you are and um, yep. you, you can, you can just say no. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that's that powerful. Definitely. No, that's super powerful. And again, I mean, so much of this does come back to our kids just having their identity in Christ and knowing who they are and learning as they grow up through these situations to have some boundaries. And even, I love that about Sadie's story, just even boundaries in what they listen to and what they decide to take in. So that is super powerful. Well, Wow. Wow. There's so many things that I, I've just got your book all highlighted and lots of notes. So we're going to just encourage people if they haven't read it already to um, be sure to get their hands on your book. And I don't know, maybe, maybe we'll get you back on another time. And like I said, I'd love to get your mom on and, and uh, just your whole family has been such an inspiration to me. So I just want to thank you for, for not walking in fear, for saying yes and putting yourself out there because we need families like yours who are shining a light in this dark world and and I look forward to seeing what's next. I think you got plenty, plenty days ahead to enjoy this next season of your life. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I just love talking to you and following your beautiful family on Instagram mm. and reading your book. And thank you for, um, you know, the words of wisdom that you're putting out there. I really appreciate it. I know that a lot of young moms really need it. I think we're in a, we're in a place in the world where, um, people are confused, you know, they don't know where to go for truth. And, um, you know, as we point people to Jesus and his word, um, I think that's a real gift that we can 
that we have that we can you know, hopefully share with the world. So mm. what you're doing. I love that so much. I hope you bring your family to Oahu one day and I get to give you a little tour around. My, my sons can give you guys surf lessons. So. All right. <laughs> I'm in. That's amazing. Love Sounds it. good. Thank you so much for your time, Corey. God bless you and aloha. All right. God bless you. All right, friends, I hope you enjoyed that conversation and I just adore Corey and so appreciate her time with us. And again, please don't forget, don't waste another day. Get over to boymom.perfectlyimperfect.org. Get your tickets to this weekend's event. If you're catching this episode later, I'm so sorry. But um, (laughs) if you don't want to miss announcements like this, be sure that you're on my email list where I send reminders leading up to events like this. And you can join my email list at monicaswanson.com dot com forward slash subscribe. I love taking good care of my email subscribers. I send just a weekly email with usually some things I find that are interesting, good links on the internet, something funny or encouraging, maybe a photo, a family update. It's also where I share any big news I have first. Well, that is all what you get if you're on my email list. So I hope you'll join that. And friends, I just want to thank you again for being a part of this community. Send this episode along to someone who it might encourage. Have yourself a wonderful rest of the week and until next time, aloha. Aloha.